This is the Foodies Reviewing Movies Podcast. Each week, a couple of my friends and I get together and talk about two topics near and dear to our hearts and stomachs, food and movies. Each episode, we want to give you a taste of not only some of the interesting dishes we were able to indulge in and would like to recommend, but also the movies we had a ton of fun watching. Let's dig in. the foodies reviewing movies podcast i'm callie and i'm chris thanks so much for joining us listeners also thank you chris for being here yeah anytime awesome so we have the matrix resurrections coming out 12 22 chris are you looking forward to seeing it based off of the trailer based off where we left off in the last movie i'm hoping that they make a good movie for the first time since the first movie yes <laughs> i will agree with that <laughs> yeah the you know my feelings on yeah. uh, this past one. We haven't talked too much about the second one, but pretty much goes in line with my meaning sure. on this one as well. <laughs> well, we have lots to chat about, so let's go ahead. Let's get into our amuse-bouche. Chris, I pose this question to James, who was on the first one, John, who was on the second one. Okay. Red pill or blue pill? Uh, red pill. Red pill. Oh, yeah, because oh. it doesn't do anything, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've gone back and forth. I think the first time I took the blue pill, mm-hmm. second time I took the red pill, vice versa. I've done one of each. Yeah. I think I'm going with the red pill because the blue pill leads you to a world of disappointment. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could say both of them did. You saw Zion in the second movie, so you know. I mean, it can get pretty lit. Yeah, so which one there's, also... There, there's sunshine in the Matrix. Yes. And then we also seen the third one, though. It sort of gets a little bit of the same way. That's right. So, opportunities in both, but... And there's a lot outside of the third one. I wasn't super familiar with Matrix uh, online or Animatrix. Mm-hmm. Did learn a little bit, like, there's extra groups that are created afterward. I'll touch mm-hmm. a little bit on one of them in particular toward the end, but, uh, yeah... I think I'm going to stand uh, red pill for sure. Two to one red pill. So, well, let's go ahead and touch on another big staple of the Matrix movies and our apps haps. Chris, steak. Mm-hmm. Commonly known to be associated with the first movie. Right. Carries through the rest of them, I feel like. How do you normally take your steak, Chris? The correct way. Yes. Medium rare. Yes. 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 Well, you butterfly it and you turn it into a tire. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We call that a hockey puck. Yes. Yeah. My mother eats it that way. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I do medium. Yeah. I like it hot pink center. Uh, Okay. Gotcha. Yes. You cut it. You get some nice juice coming out. (laughs) You know, it still has that nice tenderness to it, but also I don't feel like it's going to run off the plate. Mm -hmm. Now, where most often do you go for a chain or a middle of the road? I'm not going to spend $60, but I'm also going to get something more than like Taco Bell grade. Budget wise, Outback. Outback? Yeah, okay. Outback's pretty good. Okay. You can get a good filet at Outback. Mm-hmm. And you got the Bloomin' Onion. That's true. So That's true. If I if I, if I I want a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that delicious artery-clogging goodness yeah. that is the Bloomin' Onion. I'd say probably Texas Roadhouse is the most common one. That you, was my number two. You got the rolls with the yeah. nice cinnamon butter. Yeah. For yeah. Both okay. of them are suckering you in with things that are not good for you. Yes. 
Yes. It's like, <laughs> would you like to die five years earlier? Yes, Here and, I, and I love both those places for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you gotta you gotta enjoy life sometimes. That's right. It can't be all salads and bunny rabbit food. You've got to be fantastic able to... salads at those places too. Though. They do you want a good yes. salad, yeah. Yeah, which also ends up being almost as much calories as a child's meal. So. <laughs> Because they have all that extra stuff on there. Yeah. Now, where's the best steak that you've ever had? Uh, you know, there's a place in Fort Myers called Flippers that makes a really good mm. uh, filet Oscar. Okay. So it's pretty good. And it's, it helps. It's right on the beach. Explain so. what a filet Oscar is. Uh, it's a filet with uh, lobster, mm. asparagus, and the hollandaise uh, sauce. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's really good. Yeah. Excellent. So. Excellent. And you were bragging a little bit before we started recording about how you were a bit of a, uh, a chef... Well, yeah, if you want to go really high end, it, it comes off my grill. There you go. That's the right answer. Are we talking gas or charcoal here? Uh, gas. I'm not a snob. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I'd say best steak. Um, you know, I've already mentioned that I've done St. Elmo's. Mm -hmm. I've done Rodizio Grill, a Brazilian steakhouse in Nashville. Look. I, I can't really keep saying, oh, this is the best one mm. I've ever been to because now I'm lying. Now right. it's like, okay, we got too many. So I was like, well, let's go ahead and talk about the top two that uh, has been named by DailyMeal.com. Okay. So runner-up is in New York, New York. Of course. Keens. Okay. And it's revered to be just perfectly charred steak and chops. They've been serving it. Up since 1885. Yeah. So that's a nice long while. And a lot of the writers for them probably live in New York. So. Probably. Yeah. So <laughs> that helps a lot too. Like, hey, you want a free steak? You want a ride? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they have this like, according to DailyMeal.com, this labyrinth shrine to old New York. It spreads over two floors and three townhouses and it features memorabilia for over a hundred years of New York history. I'm going to take a vacation. What was the name of that place? Okay, again? so it's Keens, K-E-E-S. <laughs> and... They have like just a ton of stuff, everything from playbills to political cartoons to photographs, everything. Some Babe Ruth and Teddy Roosevelt stuff is in there. So uh, they do recommend if you go there, get the famous mutton chop, 26 ounce lamb saddle, nearly two inches thick. And it dates back to the restaurant's earliest days. Very nice. Pretty nice uh, little recommendation. Top one, it's actually in Tampa, Florida. So not too far down the road okay. from Flippers. Burns. I've heard of Burns before. Yeah. Opened in 1965 and has been given the title of legendary by yeah. dailymeal.com. It has 20 different kinds of caviar, mm -hmm. 50 different desserts, which you can go to a separate area called the dessert lounge. How much more fancy you need to get? Oh, wait, there's more. 500,000 bottle wine. 500,000? Yes. Oh, my God. 500,000 bottles of wine. That's amazing. In the same place. It's literally one of the like biggest private all different wines I assume yes not yeah. just one yes we have this very nice yeah. long yes no it's yeah. a bunch of different types yes so I was like well did any of Kentucky's make it did any of them make the cut actually yes yes one did right here in Lexington Malone's Malone's is fantastic. Better than the other two. <laughs> <laughs> I've personally not eaten there yet. I've been told all about it. Like, I haven't had steak from there. I've eaten other things mm -hmm. from there, but have not had the steak yet. Opened in 1998, one of Lexington's best restaurants. In fact, Malone's is so popular that it sells its own line of steaks online. Mm -hmm. They recommend famous steak in the potato soup. I had a roommate that worked there in college. Oh, so that probably The helps. steak tastes a lot better when you get it for free. <laughs> it does. Even places that aren't as great... It's like, oh, this was fun. McDonald's is fantastic for free. <laughs> That's the only way I will eat it That's now. Right. <laughs> so, 
All right, well, we talked about our infamous steak. We have our red pill, blue pill. Let's go ahead and let's actually get into the, the meat and potatoes of this, which is our cinematic entree. Matrix Revolutions was released in 2003. Our freedom fighters are making their final stand against the machines while Neo, he's got to save the day again or the machines will kill us. And uh, of course, you know, we know Neo's going to save the day. So we have uh, the crew looking for Niobe. We have Neo and Bane still laying out on the lab tables. Bane has these self-inflicted scratches that are known as virtual disease transmissions, mm -hmm. medical condition that affects people in the real world. And, you know, it's sort of thought maybe due to like the infection of the mind and of the brain and it... It's not being able to tell what's real. Yeah. So he's cutting himself to feel something because mm -hmm. he can't tell if he's in the real world or not. That's just a terrible, terrible yeah. thought. Yeah. Well, he was... Well, he turns out to be a terrible person. Yes. So. Yes. But also has like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. It just... Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Seraph gets in touch and he's like, hey, the Oracle, she's got a message. You need to come on down. So Morpheus and Trinity, they go to see her. And it's explained that the Merovigian has placed bounties on the freedom fighters. And, uh, you know, Seraph is to sort of guide them through and help them. For the record, I will only refer to him as the French guy. Because yes. I have not taken the time to learn his name. <laughs> I call him Merv for sure. Merv's good too. Yep. Yeah. So, because Merovingian, it's just too much mm -hmm. to say every The movie, time. they start calling him the French guy. Yeah. <laughs> about five minutes after they introduce him. So, yeah. I... <laughs> so the French guy works for me too. <laughs> if you're wondering, by the way, the Oracle, she looks slightly different. What's up with that? A facelift. The facelift? Yeah. I mean, she yeah. upgraded Cosmetics. her program. Yes. You know? You know, got, got some spin classes. Oracle 2.0? That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. she, she's just, she's getting those gains. That's right. <laughs> All about them gains. Yeah. But in, in actuality, the actress, unfortunately, she did pass away. Oh, Laura no. Foster. Oh, yeah. Awful. She, yeah. she uh, was replaced by Mary Alice, who, Chris, there's a connection there. Yes. Yes. Uh, she played, she was her sister. Yes. No, she played her sister. <laughs> she, yes. she was her sister. That explains the lack of resemblance, which is yes. incredibly noticeable. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so they played uh, sisters together on a long-running Broadway play. And Mally Finn, who is the like, casting director for The Matrix, ends up being like, oh, they played sisters. Let's go ahead and get her in here. Why not? They know each other well enough. Well, simultaneously, we have Neo at Mobile Avenue Station. Yeah. Computer I just call Jesus. it train station. Yep. Yeah. The Messiah. Yes. Called Blind Messiah. Yes. One point we're gonna get. Don't skip second. ahead. You're gonna I ruin get the too movie. Excited. <laughs> I know. Look, if you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> you've had almost a decade to do so. <laughs> so when you're listening to this, it may already be a decade at this point. Well, Neo, he wakes up and there's this little girl, Sati, and she's like, you know, explaining everything. And immediately you're like, okay, this is sort of weird because there's green floor, white walls. We're in limbo. This is a virtual world that's controlled by the train man. Right. Yeah. Because when Neo goes through, he meets her, the little girl's parents. And he's the only person that doesn't deck himself in leather. Yes. In the entire cast. He just looks like a homeless person. Yeah. Well, yeah, he did. So a very tall, threatening homeless person. Looks like probably quite a few people on the subway in New York. Maybe that was that was the point. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just like, this could be seen. Be nice to that random homeless man. He might own this train station. That's right. He may kick your ass. That's right. <laughs> so, so watch out. Well, I like uh, the characters Rama and then Kamala. They're like two complete opposites that Siti's parents. He's just like, honey, look, 
this guy's probably going to die. Let he me was just such a nice off. man. He was. His, was his like, wife, not so much, but no. he was very nice. And yeah. his daughter, beautiful. Yep. Yep. And she, she plays a bigger role than I thought she did mm-hmm. in the beginning. Because initially I'm like, this is sort of annoying because we're getting a double explanation at this point where we're being told at the Oracle's place and we're being told in this train station exactly the same thing at the same time, which I was like, you could have cut down on that a little bit. That's one of my critiques. There, there's a lot of that in this movie? Yes. Yes. Literally, I could think of 45 minutes we could cut out. Yes. <laughs> to get this town Easily. below two hours. Easily. So we have Neo who's like, okay, I need to get out of here. I need to get back to my people. Well, that, according to train guy, that's not going to happen. But we have the train man who ends up meeting Trinity and Morpheus and Seraph in one of the trains and he's like, oh gotta get out of here. Pulls the e-brake and runs off. He's got like 25 watches on his arm. Yep. Yep. Constantly keeping track of time. He runs for it. Then that's when the face-off with him and Neo happens. And he's like, down here I make the rules. Down here I make the threats. Down here I'm God. And then just boom, right and, into and the Immediately world. proves all those things to be true. Yes. Yeah. So there's a fun thing. Don't know if you notice this or not. There's a product placement billboard in the subway. And that chase scene, and it was added in post-production. During the shoot, there's a poster that like has a space where it's occupied. Sort of by like dilapidated posters for a fictional movie called Burly Man. And it's supposed to star Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Hugo Weaving. Nice. So I'm like, all right, all right. I did not, I did not notice that. No, yeah. you, are, you are very perceptive. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I was too focused on him just running through one That's end what, and coming back the other side. Yeah, exactly. Because so. yeah. he does do that fun where you run out the left side of the screen it and you come back tunes. through the right. Yes, it was Looney Tunes in a Matrix movie. It was. And then there's been, I don't know, like probably 15,000 other movies that have done that afterward as well. Which, yeah. which really stands out when you consider later people are literally shredded to death. Yes. By giant squid. Yes. So you you appreciate the Looney Tunes before you get to that part. I have I have questions. I have comments. I have things I need to say about that. <laughs> we'll get there. Don't worry. It's coming. I'm not like super angry, but they're just like, what? Yeah, there's a lot of those things. Yeah. yeah. That's this this movie the whole time I'm just like, what? So we have Trinity and Morpheus and they're like, all right, we need to go to this this club. And uh Seraph's gonna lead us. So, of course, we're in the garage. Seraph comes walking up, like, almost he's Jesus, sort of, you know. And This is a question I have. Yes. They say he's missing his wings. Mm-hmm. Was he an angel at some point? What does that mean? Um, was, was he previously the one? That's another rumor. That is another rumor, and that's yes. what I'm thinking. Cause Could he, he be Bruce Lee? I mean... That became an angel... And then became a computer program. I'd be okay with that. I think that might be what happened. <laughs> I'd be okay. That's officially now the That's, new theory. That is, that is my new head canon for the Matrix. Stamp of approval. I like that. Yeah, they, there's rumors that, you know, apparently he could have at one point have been one of the ones mm-hmm. prior to Neo. I don't know. But I that like, would make them two. Well, technically, there's supposed to be like five other people before yes. Neo, so he would be the six. Right. And that just doesn't sound as catchy. No. So. <laughs> you, can't, you can't put that on a lunchbox. No. So we have him walk up and this bald guy says, just a stupid line. He's just like, only way you're getting through this door is over my dead ass. Good, good job with the writing there. That's when the cliches start. Mm-hmm. Right there. And it doesn't stop. <clears throat> I mean, cl- cliche action movie, action movie that you've ever seen happens in fact other matrix movies you see repeatedly following this oh yeah oh yeah so of course you know they gotta beat them up Mm till they beat them up then they go into the lobby which looks like these guys work at like hustler hollywood or something helga's house of pain (laughs) is where they just went exactly it's definitely a 
S&M kind yeah. of club vibes. They, they end up doing this cool fight scene mm -hmm. where we have them actually on the ceiling. Yeah. Well, this was pre-rotating right. hallway from Christopher Nolan. They did not do the upside down camera. They actually rigged these people up on wires and had them up on the ceiling. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked that a lot. And Which then, is why it still looks good. Even yes. though it's the same scene that you've seen, I want to say in all three Matrix movies yes. at this point, mm -hmm. it still looks good. Yes. So. Which I did find something out about the second one that I didn't get to discuss because I found it after the second mm -hmm. one. So they mentioned werewolves and vampires and all that. Mm -hmm. When I was watching one of the reviews for that, they were talking about how in Merv's like, house that a couple of the guys that were fighting in that scene against Neo when they have all of the weaponry on the walls mm -hmm. were actually vampires, werewolves, and those types of things. I'm like, what? From, from another movie? From the second Oh, movie. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, and I'm like... Well, it would have been great well, if you would have told me. Well, the only thing I can think <laughs> is that they must have been filming this at the same time as Blade and Underworld. Because you wouldn't have to swap out costumes. Mm -hmm. You know, they're basically mm -hmm. all the same characters. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially Underworld. What studio... I, I want to say those were Warner Brothers too. so I think you can look into that. I bet there yeah. was there was some cost-cutting going on. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to make that money, and they're trying not to spend that there, much money. There was a... For those too young to remember, there was a period where everybody in movies were dressed in skin-tight leather and trench coats for about a five-year period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And never can get that seared out of my brain. Ever. <laughs> that will always... Even as a 90-year-old senile woman, if I make it that long, mm -hmm. I will always remember Kate Beckinsale in like this just tight leather onesie and this sex club scene that we're about to get into because you can't yep. unsee the things that unfold. My high school yes. brain can't forget any of those things either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so why don't you lay this scene out for us because we've gone through, they've had the shootout in the lobby. We now get to the club where we got pinhead lady, gas mask, tight leather onesies, everything you would ever want. Well, I think you've already kind of described it. They, they, they did it practically. They're on mm -hmm. the roof. If you've seen the first two movies, you know they're going to hide behind some columns for a little bit. Yep. The yep. columns are going to have pieces shot off of them. They're going to slow-mo. They're going to do the same tricks you saw in the first movie, uh, except this time they're on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You know, just like the full barrel roll and everything. But, of course, the good guys win. Of course. Of course. Which really was just a really disagreement. They wanted to be on the list. Yeah. So they had to kill those people to be mm -hmm. on the list and get into the actual you know, uh, sex-filled rave yes. S&M club on the inside. Yes, that Zion Frenchman... was lacking the first time there. Yes, <laughs> yes. In fact, I want to say as soon as you go into the club, there's just some random woman pinching another woman's nipples that just starts on the left-hand side of the screen, and they're doing a <laughs> scroll, and you're seeing what's going on in the club, but all you're seeing in the middle is some woman getting her nipples pinched. <laughs> I saw that scene walking through. I was like, well, they're, they're just panning around that woman. That's what they really wanted to show. They really wanted woman. to make sure you saw yeah, what she was I, doing. Yeah, she was excited to be there, I think. I, I think so. I, I think those so. people did it for free. I wouldn't doubt that. Maybe that's just a bunch yeah. of their buddies. I think they were just friends that showed up. And because said, yeah. we did not discuss this in the second movie. In fact, John and I sort of talked about this and mentioned... What happened to this movie? It went from, like, the first one, there was, like, really no sex. There was, like, just kisses, mm -hmm. and that's about it. And it was, like, a couple. And then all of a sudden, the second one, we've got Keanu Reeves' butt. We've got right. an orgy happening. Nipples all over the place. Just 
everything. And we, we were like, what happened? And then you and I talked about it. You're yes. like, so by the way, this is what happened. So... <laughs> The first Matrix movie, and I, you know, I enjoy the first Matrix movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. That mm-hmm. being said, it's important to give credit where credit's due. Yes. And uh, it is a complete ripoff of a comic book from 1994 called The Invisibles. Mm-hmm. It was written by Grant Morrison. The main character in that's name is Jack Frost. He's your Neo. Uh, I want to say uh, 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 Morpheus's character's name is uh, uh, King Mob. Literally has the exact same scene from the first movie where he's strapped to the chair getting tortured by Agent Smith. Okay. Same scene. Uh, instead of robots, it's uh, creepy looking uh, insects, Ew. which coincidentally, uh, the machines look like insects. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking when I watched that movie, if machines were in charge of the world, why would they choose that look? Yeah. Because they're not just robotic insects. They have like organic insect stuff going on too. Yeah. So that's that's why. I, and, and a quote from Grant Morrison is, is that the second two Matrix movies are not as good as the first because they stopped ripping him off. <laughs> so, but he went quietly into the good night because he also works for Warner Brothers. And I think some money got exchanged. Quietly. And, uh, quietly behind scenes, I think that happened. I want to know how many zeros were involved in that check. I would say there's some. Well, he put a number on it. Oh. Yeah, he, he said uh, the first Matrix movie made, you know, what, what did it make? You have the numbers there. I do. It made, for the first one, $465.3 million. He said he would take $1 million. That's his quote. That's sad. That's <laughs> <laughs> much more money but, than uh, you know, But, you know, it, it's his fault for calling his shot that low. Maybe yeah. he said it after opening weekend. You, you always got to aim higher. Well, the movie was oh. projected to be a flop. True. I remember being in the theater for the first one when its trailer came out mm-hmm. and people laughed at the trailer. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the same thing was sort of said about Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. They were just completely dogging it. They're like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Boom. Tons of money. People loved it. But now, with the going back to the sex scene, go back, go back to the sex club here. And well, they go into the club and, and yeah. they're immediately stopped by everybody pointing their guns yes. at them, which mm-hmm. is a reasonable reason to stop. Yes. And the man who wants to kill them decides, well, I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to let him up here right next to me. Right. Yeah. Right. Poor man's Dracula, as I like to call him. Yes. And he's not even <laughs> explaining a plan. He's no. just asking questions. Yeah. So they go upstairs. They're, they still have guns just pointing at them from every direction until Tr- uh, Trinity doesn't like the terms. Yep. Which is to take the oracle's eyes, which is gross, which doesn't work because she'll just turn into another oracle. Exactly. And for some reason, all of a sudden... Trinity gets tired of that entire plan, and she immediately moves for someone's gun, mm-hmm. and nobody shoots her. Right. Which is classic. Yes. You can't kill her just yet. Yes. Gotta wait. And, if, and anybody that wants to say I'm wrong, well, she's pointing the gun at the Frenchman's head. There was a lot of time in between that. The gun goes into the air, and she sees it in matrix slow motion and mm-hmm. catches the gun. Shoot him. Oh, and did you like that he finally let his wife talk in the scene? Oh, she was just like, just looking around, so concerned, and finally she's like... She had to explain love. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I I love how he let her talk. So nice. She had to explain love, and that that was his wife's role, was to explain it. There was no point really having her there. No one in that club knew what love is. No, until she said it. They they know they know a lot of different things, <laughs> but they didn't know what love was prior to that. Can we just talk about how the the uh, what was his name the train master? Or yeah, tra- tra- train train man. Yes, uh, yeah. he created he creates this world where he can do something with utility and, and yes. transport people, and he dresses like a homeless man. But at least he he, he chose a job. Yes, the Frenchman yes. created his own little world mm-hmm. and chose a giant sex club. Yeah, I would have probably been the Frenchman. 
say which one sounds more fun. <laughs> Not the train. I don't know. Dressing as a homeless man with 15 watches on sounds like fun. For like five minutes. Hey, you don't know. I mean, I don't. I've pro- not done are, either. They're computer but... programs. Do they have a concept of time? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so we had outfits that looked just as glorious as they ever could in this movie. It, it was the opening scene from Blade 1. Yeah. That's what yeah. that scene was, except with nipple pinching. And there was no blood raining from the fire sprinklers. No, Matrix is very judicious in its use of blood. Yes. So. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Which we, we probably have, I feel like, the most blood that's seen coming up with Neo and Bane in this movie on one person. No, you got the, no, remember the, the, the general or whoever he was? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. He just gets his face cut to bits. Thrashed. Yes. They're just thrashed. Yeah. Yes. Well, we have, we have this club scene. Yeah, Trinity's pretty much like, I'm done, as she was in the first movie. In the second well, movie, she's do like... You re- do you remember in the, in the second movie... They did basically the same thing yes. with the Frenchman. Yes. And you remember how hard he fought them? He sent the two ghosts after him. Yeah. They had to fight him for miles after mm-hmm. this. This time, cutscene. Yeah. It was boring. Cutscene. Neo, we're here to save you. <laughs> literally, I wrote in my notes, too easy. And I was like, could we not? They'd already done it. Just, they, they'd already did it. There could have been something more. <laughs> something, anything. This movie left me wanting so much. Yeah, well, it's undeveloped storylines in two straight movies. Should have kept copying yeah. old what's his face because it would have been better. Grant Grant Morrison Grant put honor Morrison. on his name. He yes. is a, he's a hero of Batman fans everywhere. Yep, should have kept going with Grant's work. But of course, you know, Trinity's like, oh my love, she gets off the train. She's like, Neo, we're here to get you. And he wakes up. And Bane wakes up. Yep. And everyone's back, just sort of chilling. But we know something's not quite right with Bane. So while we have Bane and Neo waking up and things sort of happening over there, the Oracle is chilling with Sati and we've got Smith's guys roll up into her house after she's already talked with Neo and they've done a little, why haven't you told me these things yet? She was being a cryptic bitch once again. Yep, 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 just being cryptic. He comes in, Smith does, with his like little gaggle of Smith's. And I like how each of them like ducks underneath the beads oh, yeah. and they all get in there. And then he calls her mother. Heard that too. Yes. He calls her mother and then assimilates her. Yeah. Well, the logic could say is that he's assimilated everybody. So one mm-hmm. of them might be his, she might be his mother. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he's just like, mm, mother. And she's like, mm, okay, we'll just do whatever you're going to do, asshole, and get it done. But yeah, he and then he does the maniacal laugh that he does so well. And just the way that he always talks. I just like that so much. Every line is very intentional. It's very... Like, Hugo Weaving is good in everything he does. Yes, he is. So. He's brilliant. So, and we say that with I Am Bliss. How this guy mimicked him as well as he did, did this impression, was very, very impressive. Well, Hugo Weaving was also incredibly threatening. So, yes. maybe he was scared to do a bad job. Maybe. <laughs> Gave him that look. And yeah. like, I'm so sorry. So we have Jason Locke, and you know he's. And was he a lieutenant? Is that his rank? He's he's like a commander or a captain. I think he's lieutenant. He could be a lieutenant. I don't think he's high enough ranking to be as big of an asshole as he is. He's a really big asshole. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think so. And he goes into the council, and he's like, "We need everyone to fight." And the council's like, "Well, have you heard back from like Niobe and the crew? Have yeah. you heard back from from you know all of them?" And he's just like. No, and we shouldn't expect to. And they're like, well, should we have hope? And he's like, 
I'm afraid hope is an indulgence that I don't have time for. Okay. Which is a fair point. I appreciate that. Yes. But could you not be such an asshole? It wouldn't sound, it wouldn't sound like such an asshole thing if he wasn't so consistently an asshole. Yeah. It'd be one thing if it was more like Morpheus being yeah. like, unfortunately, like, that's, just, that's not an indulgence that we have. If it we doesn't come across as you're just butthurt that someone else stole your girlfriend. Yep. He's just angry. Yeah. And we have this this kid who's 16, does like a reversal of a draft dodge. Yes. And he's like, I'm 18, sir. And he's like, no, really, how old are you? And he's like, 16. And obviously 45 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm 16. They're like, oh, you've got to be at least 18. He's like, look, the machines, they'll kill me regardless of what my age is. And I'm also, like, that's a good point. Yeah, there are good points sprinkled yeah, throughout pe- this movie. Just peppered. Yes. Just peppered. Over top of terrible, terrible decisions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like designing body armor with no protection for the body inside of it. <sighs> We're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize Kid is such a big integral part of like future Matrix stuff for Matrix Online, which I'll talk a little bit more about his future and sort of the role he plays in it. I played that a little bit when it came out back in the day. Do you remember anything about it? Well, I get the feeling you're going to bring up a certain group, and I can't mm-hmm. remember their names, but they're the humans that made a deal with the robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know I about them? Up a little bit. Yeah, I got them on a piece of paper. Well, the theory is that they made Neo. Yes. But yeah. that's that's what I remember. But oh. I didn't I didn't think the game was that good. Yeah, I just I watched Mr. Sunday, and they were talking about it, and they showed a little bit, like a little clip. Yeah. I remember I had it, and it was funny, the joke in the show, it crashed my computer repeatedly. <laughs> But every game back then would crash your computer. Yeah, so. so it's not like it is now. You were only going back in if it was really, really worth it. Oh, gosh. But we find out, like, Maggie is killed. That's the name of the blonde-haired chick that was with Bane, sort of talking with him. Did not know her yeah. name uh, until it's at IMDb. And... And it's not important because she's nope. barely in the movie. Yep. So that's why I'm like, so. she's dead. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Looks quite a bit like Flip from the first movie. Switch. Switch. Yes. Flip, switch, whatever. Which is the same thing because mm-hmm. it's it's flip-flopping and switching. <laughs> yeah. So they're synonyms of one another. Uh, so yeah, she's found dead. So they figured, oh no, Bane's a bad guy. How they didn't see this coming, I don't know. But he ends up getting onto the ship that Trinity and Neo take to go to Machine City. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he stowed away. Which was a twist. I did not see that coming. Oh, you did No. Okay. No, I didn't okay. see that coming at all. Yeah, I was just like, he's going to be on that ship now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And you know, in hindsight, the better play would have been to get on the other ship. It would have. Then he could have gone to Zion. Yeah. And just wreaked havoc. Yeah. Missed opportunity. But he was too... Mr. Smith, you dumb. Yep. He just had blinders on for Neo. He loves him. Yes. He loves him almost... Oh, my God. <laughs> they are a trinity. <laughs> they are. Yeah, he had just like such, uh, just a hard on for Neo. He's like, I've got to beat this guy, and he could not see Bassett. So Trinity and Neo, they let's let's talk about that. They're in their ship. <laughs> Neo and Trinity are in the ship, and of course. The ship doesn't start upright, so Trinity's mm-hmm. like, mm, let me go down here and see what's going on. And so she goes, and she starts flipping things, and then Bane, of course, he grabs her from behind, and he's like, of course, he'd send his little bitch down here to, to go fix things. And, and you can really blah. tell it's just more jealousy. It is. It yeah, is. It's jealousy, really. Yeah. You he's know. mad that he only has eyes for Trinity. Yeah. You know, and you can get, you feel bad for him almost in that scene. Yeah. He's know. just longing for love. Yeah. I really think he's the emotional core of this movie. <laughs> Indeed. 
know, I like now you can look at it a different way. It's like Smith just wants. It's really a love story. It's really a love story. It's. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like you know because we we have like the the more homosexual love stories that happen, and a lot Mm -hmm. of times with. Some people who have... And they're not you know, nearly as on the nose as this. Yeah. This was right there. Boom, in front of your face. Yeah. yeah, and so a lot of times it's that repressed, you know, aggression and anger for whom they really were. And then they realize, okay, this is who I am. And here. Yes. I loved Neo this whole time. I'm going to kill your girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. Because she needs to be out of the picture. <laughs> I want you all to myself. I, I want her gone. And, and I'm going to blind you. Yeah. Sometimes love is blind. Blinded, blinded with love. The allegories, they just keep going. They keep happening. We found a rabbit hole in this movie. We did. <laughs> and I already thought all the Alice in Wonderland They literally happen. go down a hole. They to get the, do. I mean, God. Yeah, he shoves her down the hole. That's true. Yeah. He's like, let me bring Jesus. you up here. Put the gun down. By the way, here goes your lady. <laughs> Okay, shut her down Which there. she's perfectly fine after that fall, by the way. I know. I was like, she's going to break her ankle. No, yeah. she's fine. Yeah, just bounce right up. Yep, totally would have, like, yeah. any other person, your bones would have come up through your kneecaps. Something. Something would have happened. Something. Wasn't even walking around like she had a twisted ankle. No, she's fine. It's all the Matrix. It's all the Matrix. There's no such thing. <laughs> there is no such thing as real life. No. Which, that is a terrible version of the Matrix. If that was the Matrix, it's like, it's just so terrible in comparison to what, like... They explained it in this movie. When he, asked, when he asked the Oracle, we can go back to this scene. Mm-hmm. He asked her why he was able to go into the Matrix without being plugged in. Mm-hmm. And because certain people are powerful enough, and the source of his power comes from the source. Yeah. The source is heavily implied to be God. Mm-hmm. So if you apply it to the real world, you're in a Matrix right now, but let's say God decides this isn't the right one. Mm-hmm. Now you have multiple levels, but still the same God. So his power still comes from the same place. I just have this idea, because this is heavily Catholic. Everything oh, yeah. they do is very, very Catholic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, we, we do see, like, that at the end. I mean, the literal, like, Jesus Christ on the crucifix. And sacrifices himself to the person that created the Matrix. Yes. So, all of the religion. We just skip all around just to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he shoves Trinity down the hole. And he's like, Mr. Anderson, put down your gun. And it's like, that's the first hint. He said, Mr. Anderson. Who else calls you Mr. Anderson? This is Keanu Reeves. I love that man. Don't be mean. There's no reason to dislike Keanu Reeves, but I feel like it would take a few swipes before before he'd figure it out. He's he's at least nice. Um, Yeah, he just, literally, we're all sitting here probably screaming, it's freaking him. Yeah, but there's no way it is. Unless it's all the Matrix. Oh. (laughs) Once again, we come back to that point. I I will circle around so many times. It makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then this amazing just impression happens from Ian Bliss of Hugo Weaving. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, this just beautiful monologue is delivered. He's like, still don't recognize me. I admit it. It was difficult even to think in this encasement of rotting pieces of meat. While he's bleeding profusely yeah, as his, his face. nose is like in half. Yeah, like hanging <laughs> off of his face. <laughs> and he's like, you know, just the stink is filling every breath, suffocating cloud. Which is very, very similar oh to the speech God. he gave to Morbius mm-hmm. in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Talking about the stench, and he just yeah. can't, he can't stand it. He does not like how we smell. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have him sort of give this dialogue, and then they end up getting into a little bit of a fight. And then this is where the, the love is blind thing comes in, because he just grabs 
this I, I was it a plug that like got like a wire that well they had stuck? shot the gun and tore up okay, all the ceiling that's what it was. So, so some kind of something fell down the science fiction science fiction bernie thing yeah that burnt his eyes yes you know that's exactly what it was yep so he just and, the, and it was just so fast <laughs> i still can't get over they took a good looking leading man and burnt his face to a crisp they're like we're more than this that, that is, that, i liked it and it was really the only genuinely shocking moment of the movie yeah i remember seeing that in theaters for the first time and be like oh wow his eyes oh my god they, they just did that <laughs> yeah, that just happened <laughs> And yeah, he, he calls him like blind messiah after he does it. And he's trying, he's like thinking he's all sly. He's like, oh, Neo, blah, 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 blah. you know, and they're like walking through the ship. But oh, no, no, Neo is the one the whole time playing the cat and mouse because he's pretending he's blind yeah. and reaching out. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I can see you. And it's like, oh, oh, snap. And yeah. that's where the, the pipe comes out. That's right. And then uh, he batters up. Head has flown off. Rolled like a pumpkin. I love the fact that they did that. The way they did that from like his vision, like it literally explodes his head. Yes. And and you never know, did he actually explode his head? Right. I don't know. How hard did he hit him with that pipe? I I prefer to think that Bane got his entire head knocked off his shoulders. I mean, they they show him actually decapitated. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense with physics. No. Unless it's all the Matrix and he has his powers everywhere. Yes. I literally could not think. I'm like, unless he's a Hulk, but even then, I'm yeah. like, well, no. Because- the only person I've seen do that in a movie is Jason Voorhees and when he went to Manhattan. So, unless he's Jason. <laughs> yeah, so we have our now our blind messiah once back going back to religion, you know, and uh, we, we have our freedom fighters who are 22 minutes from breach. This is where we're going to talk about these suits. The AP that Avatar suits. ripped off. That Avatar ripped off, that this sort of ripped off between Transformers meets Aliens. Oh, Alien. No, it's, they are Ripley suits. Yes. Except yes. much less effective. Yes. Yeah. And the, why would you not put a cover over your body? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why are you leaving yourself completely exposed? Because as we've already alluded to, one of our guys ends up getting his face ripped off practically yeah. by yeah. the machines once they get in. Yeah, it's poor design. Mm-hmm. I, I'm amazed at the amazing technology they have in Zion and then the complete lack of technology they have in Zion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the machines, when they're in these APs, APU suits, they're like getting up. They look like sumo wrestlers. Oh, yeah. into position. Oh, yeah. And then that probably one of the, the worst pieces of CGI happens when they're all like, huzzah, we're going into war. And yeah, you see all of them together but to be fair i you know i was watching this movie i didn't think it would hold up as well and it doesn't it doesn't Mm -hmm. hold up but compared to other movies from that time it's so much better i'm sure i mean some of the other ones really they took all the money for the script and they just drove it into that cgi it was Mm -hmm. just that that's where the money went they're like if anything it's gonna look it's gonna look it's gonna look amazing (laughs) which is where the shift is from the first movie there's not that much you know, right. It's yeah. not that much spectacle. You know, the, you know, bones. bullet dodging was the biggest thing in that mm-hmm. movie. And now you've got, you know, giant squids fighting robots. Yep. Yep. And no story plot. <laughs> At least minimal. Yeah. So we, we have, while the breach is getting ready to happen, Niobe is piloting a ship and the more of the bad lines come rolling in. That, that is my favorite scene of the movie <laughs> yeah so the, that's cool like when she's driving through because the the ship scrapes the metal well that's what i'm talking yeah to set everything off yes yes and, and you then, get your awesome chase scene yes why don't you go ahead and lay it 
Yeah, so it's just your favorite. No, no, well, it's my favorite scene because of how corny it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a classic. You know, they're getting every. I mean, I don't know how many panels this ship can have ripped off and still be flying. Right? And I swear, some of the panels come back mysteriously in the scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know what causes that, mm-hmm. but they can't shoot off that EMP. No, you can't do that. No. You just got to keep going. But when they finally make it through the door and they wreck the ship, it is some of the most early '90s, late '80s dialogue. Mm-hmm. You've ever heard, you did it. No, we did it. <laughs> You're a great pilot. I had a lot of help. <laughs> one of my favorite is like when she's driving. Okay, so first of all, you know she's serious because she takes her sweater oh, yeah. off. Okay, oh, yeah. sweater is off. She's right. like, look, go yeah. do this she for me. She talks with her jaw clenched. Oh, she does. She's like, just going to do this thing right now. And so she's like, hold on to your lunch, Roland. I'm like, that line is terrible. It is, the, it is so, it is popcorn movie I was thinking for that entire scene because you know you get about halfway through the movie when the fight for Zion starts. Yes. And then it doesn't end. No. It all it just goes on and on. And honestly, I can't stand the fight in Zion. I think it's just a CGI just sludge of stuff. But I love them flying through that little tunnel. I thought that was fun. So. That almost reminded me a little bit of like Firefly as yeah. kind of driving yeah. going on. And I'm like, you get it, girl. You get it. And never never mind the fact that what they're doing is completely pointless. Right. Because, again, they have so much technology in Zion. They have one weapon that beats the machines. Mm-hmm. And they don't equip Zion with those things. That's thinking too deeply, Chris. That's thinking too deeply. <laughs> More surface thing. Yeah. <laughs> My main thing was, we can't shoot off the EMP because it destroys Yes, but in the equipment. ship it doesn't. But not in the ship. Exactly. Which immediately contradicts yeah big time but that's thing it's like that time that ryan johnson used uh uh, warp speed and went through yeah sometimes it's like mm. (laughs) now i don't know what you're talking about about this like fight scene in zion being all crap because you got the one scene where they're in the reload pit and the door opens and then the squids come in and the guy looks like he shoot his britches (laughs) which is fair (laughs) yeah i was just like, the one thing I could the one thing I thought of the entire fight in Zion is where are all these squid bodies going? They yeah. are shooting so many of these things. Right. Then they shoot the EMP off. Yeah. And there's still like ten yeah. laying around. Yeah. It's like where there were where the millions of those things. Yeah, there's swarms. Everybody of in Zion died from being buried after the EMP. <laughs> that's, how, that's how everyone died. <laughs> everyone was killed by being smashed to death. Yay, we're heroes. Where is everybody? Oh, they're under the swarm. I'm suffocating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, so they had the giant drill things that came in. Yeah. And then the swarms of squids, like, followed in. They're shooting them, but they're, like, there's almost no point to the guns because... Well, they're taking out a ton of them. Because it's just, so it's many. not enough. It's I mean, not enough. Why they don't have more EMPs. I just... Yeah. Why they didn't create a technology that wouldn't affect their technology. Or, like, even better... Take all your EMPs and fly to the machine city. Mm. I'm just going out there. <laughs> then that's too smart. You can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you I don't think that part was thought through. Yeah, so they're, they're just... Because did you see how close Neo got before they figured out he was there? Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like knocking on their door. Hey, yeah. How's it going? And they're like, oh, no. Just now? <laughs> there he is. Oh. How did he get here? He's found us. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so we have like swarms of squids all up in Zion. We got our first wave. Second wave is about to come. By the way, fun fact, only one full-size APU suit was actually built. Oh, okay. It was completely rendered into AudioCAD and parts were made detachable. Mm-hmm. So that way, like, there could be pilots and there could be other different parts. 
And uh, yeah, full model. Re- we and by the time tons. the scene's over, there's one left. Yes. So and that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> so, and it weighed two tons, Chris. It was a lot of weight. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a lot. So I already mentioned I liked the fact that the kid was just like when the machine tried to come into the reload pit. He was like, oh my God. You know, I'd feel the same way. I'd be like. Could you imagine having that job? Take your wheelbarrow when we call your number. (laughs) Charge out there. It's like, oh God. But this like, so this kid in the second movie, Neo did not like him. He was just like, you're so annoying. You're a fanboy. He ends up being one of the biggest players in this movie. He comes in. He's delivering. Do we ever see him again after that scene? Yes. Do we? Yes. I don't remember. We we see him at least when he's like, I believe Neo. We see him there, for sure. Well, no, no. I mean, at at the end of after that battle, he has such a big scene in that battle. I don't think we do. So he yeah. was in the movie for maybe. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, we do. He goes running, go. He goes, we won, we won, and he's running through. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So he got to he got to do the British are coming, but the reversal. So he got he got to fangirl mm-hmm. for uh, Jesus. Yes. Oh, okay. He had a good role. Yeah. I could live with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they make his character bigger and then, you know, the things to come afterward. Right. But yeah, we just, initially he's played off as just sort of this fanboy who's 16 and wants to be, you know, one of the top dogs. And they're like, no. But then they let him go ahead and run the armory and the, and the reloading stuff in. And he ends up taking up that APU suit when our guy gets thrashed. Can we just notice that he did in fact screw up? When he's running his oh, oh, yeah. things up, he gets mm-hmm. it jammed in the side yes, of the robot. Yes, So he did, in fact, screw up. Yes, but then like, he corrected it. He did correct it. Yeah, he was like, oh. But he was no. warned. Mm-hmm. Don't screw up. Yeah, and he did, but then he fixed it. I thought he was going to eat it, too. I was like, he's on the back of that machine. All those squids. It should have fallen on top of him. I was waiting for that. Yeah, the st- like, strategic jump time. So. Yep. I was, I was like, that guy's going to get smashed, but oh, yep. no, 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 he didn't. Okay, he's fine. Yeah, he. I thought he was going to get torn apart as well by those machines. Luckily, he didn't. He ended up getting to walk over and open up the gate and say, Neo, I believe. Sort of, I feel like... Here's the main problem with the entire scene. That entire segment. It's half the movie. Mm-hmm. How many characters in that scene could you name them? Like three. <laughs> so it goes on forever. It's just bullets and squids everywhere. And it's just yep. a bunch of characters that really don't have any bearing on the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one girl with the rocket launcher, or yep. this, the lady that very slowly loads the rocket launcher. Yes. Is, I know her is, name. Is uh, Link's yeah. wife or girlfriend or something Yeah, her like name that. is Z. Yeah, but there's just, there's so few characters you care about. Yes. And that's supposed to be, that's, that would be like in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. If all of the main cast wasn't in the battle with the orcs. Yeah. That's what they basically did in The Matrix. Yeah. You need that threat, and they don't have that in that scene, and it's half of your movie, it seems like. It just goes on and on. It it's is like, half, oh, there's yeah. a, there's another random person. I'm pretty sure he was grinding on someone last <laughs> movie, but I don't know who he is. I just know he got some action. Yeah. It's like, good for him. Yeah. But that's about as much as of our emotional yeah. connection we have with yeah. him. There's just no characters in there that you care about. It gets better when later on. Mm-hmm. But once Lawrence Fishburne gets there, there's the fight's over with. He's just yeah. going to sit there and cross his fingers and hope that Neo gets the job done. It would have been nice to have more of an emotional investment. Imagine if Morbius had been the one in the suit with the 19-year-old kid. That would have been so How much cool. more that scene would have mattered if he was the one standing there shooting up at the thing mm. instead of random general guy. That would have been pretty awesome. You know, I just, that's my biggest flaw with, with a lot of what happened in the second and third movies. They just never established their characters and there was too many mm-hmm. and they just didn't matter. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, they make it to where they're shoving as many characters as they can yeah. in there. Well, they want to make it very epic. Right. You know. 
Yeah. So. And that's that's a problem I have with several movies that have come out more recently where it's like, we're just going to shove so many characters in here. Sort of like Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire where they had like five villains in yeah. one movie. It's like, yeah. I want to see the completion of one story. Right. I want to see the beginning. I want to see where they just lose their minds. And then I want to see if they win or lose. Yeah. I don't want to see 15,000 things get thrown in there and never have a satisfying ending for any of them. Right. And right. that's where this had one of its major flaws. And you could have fixed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you oh, just yeah. had all your important characters on a ship. Right. You know. Yeah, stowed away. Yeah. Put up on the back burner. And it's like, if you were going to have these other characters be such a big deal, they mm. should have been introduced sooner. They should have had more time on a screen. They should have had some kind of... Just, you should have been able to develop some kind of it was relationship like it, with that. It's like watching a television show, and by the eighth season, almost all the original characters have moved on from the show. It's like Walking Dead, mm-hmm. where there's no original characters left, and you're supposed to... And in this movie, it's almost splitting it in half, because you've got the original Walking Dead cast in Neo and Trinity, yeah. and Smith and all that, and then you mm-hmm. have the other cast, and I'm just like, hurry up and get me back to the original yeah, cast. I want to get back to them, please. Bring them back. It is, it is. And that's where, like, if you look at the movie overall, I mean, they're really, they're in half the movie. Yeah. And that's the first half. And, like, well, I'd say, like, the first almost half and then a little bit, like, over a quarter of the end. But at that end, we don't get much of Trinity, you know. She's pretty much, she's done. She's done at a certain point. She she lives to be killed. Mm Mm-hmm. That is literally her whole purpose in this movie. That's why I don't care about her death in this movie. Yeah, I like. I literally felt nothing. That they already killed her. You already killed her once. Yeah. And he brought her back. Well, this time you can't. Well. Well, you already took that away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and they really killed her. Yeah, they did. Like they killed her they so did. hard. Yes. She's got a little bit of room left right there. Jam something else in her. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's talk about it. So we have Neo and Trinity. They get to Machine City, baby. They are right there. They're. In their ship. And like you said, they are right there on top of the city. Right. And then the machines are like, no. So there's a part where they go above the storm that's happening. Right. And you see just this magnificently beautiful sky. Why? First of all, why didn't they use solar power? Like, <laughs> Well, we know that they do run on solar power. But why didn't they use more of it? Like, but we know, we know that humans blocked out the sun because so. the machines needed solar power. But if they can and get And the machines there, knowing that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, we we'll you know as the machines, we actually think it'd be a lot more fun to build a bunch of squids instead of two or three satellites. I see you're speaking for the machines. <laughs> yeah, because because they were literally they were sitting in a room. They they, they had a big conference table mm-hmm. with all the machines sitting around there. Yep. And you had the boss sitting there, and he asked he asked all the guys, "We need. I'll take ideas from anyone. You can yeah. you can be be an intern. Give me an idea." <laughs> the intern speaks up and says, "Giant squids." Yes. Then the assistant nudges him and they show him, well, sir, wouldn't it be better if we did solar panels? Throw this man out of this room. <laughs> Squids is more exciting. Let's get it. Yes. Yeah, I just, I was like, I understand about the human batteries. Yes. I get it. But there's a lot of freaking sun up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you not have just stick something peeking right the clouds there? Right, right. And you can't get skin cancer, so the sun's not going to kill you as a machine. But the humans do have a tendency yes. to, you know, want to kill you. Yes. So, so obviously having a giant field of them mm-hmm. is the way to go. Of course. That way so. when they all break out, they won't kill you. Don't worry. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be just yeah. fine. So we, we have them go up above the clouds. They come back down and our little squids are getting zapped here and there. And then 
finally uh, these squids fly into the windshield and they take out Trinity. I mean, this woman has been impaled like 12 times. And everything Miss Neo. Of course. You know, He's like, the one, Chris. He's the one. Like, I just picture, did she dive in front of those to save Neo? Because everywhere. I mean, considering he's blind and she's like, I'm blinded by my love for you. Is he blind though? But he's not. We know he's not. But she's like, your eyes aren't there anymore. <laughs> so, just... She she couldn't she couldn't believe fully that kid believed in him more. Beautiful than she speech did. by her when she died. It, it would have been a lot more impactful had she not died when I had originally seen these in movies. Right. Six months prior. Yes. So this is a problem that we will talk about. No. About the time left between the second and third one and yeah. the release schedule of that. And it almost happens at the exact same point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, so. it, I mean, it's it's very it's a, it's a formula. And it, start, it really sticks out in this movie. Yes. Yes, so. it does. So, yeah, we have the long goodbye. Trinity dies. And then Neo continues forward because the fate of humanity is resting upon his his shoulders. So he's got to do it. And he's just walking through climbing. Machine City, climbing, climbing through. Yeah. You got little little insect buggies that That's are just right. hanging out and stuff. That's Which, uh, remind, yeah, reminder, mm-hmm. in the comic that all this is ripped off from. Mm-hmm. The machines are uh, insects. Yes. So. so, it looks like something out of, like, Tim Burton's nightmares or dreams. I don't know. They could be his fantasies. Yeah. Something out of sort of that world. And or then, just his house. Or Maybe his home. Yeah, I've never seen I've never it. been there, but you can assume. But I would think that's a really good possibility. Mm-hmm. But we have this giant machine. It's like a sphere. It's the Gerber a, baby. Yes, it is. It's a giant Gerber baby. The squids make the Gerber baby face. Yes. Again, the machines and what they think is cool. Yeah. Fascinates me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing this machine hmm. plugged into the internet and just seeing all these random Im- images and the machine decides my face is going to look like the Gerber baby. Because yeah. that's the coolest thing that I've seen. <laughs> it's adorable yet it's terrifying. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like the whole, well, they all have children, right? They all look like this at some point. And mm. they don't kill them. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're trying to look innocent to the humans. Yes. That's how we lost the war in the Matrix. I just solved it. Yep. You're welcome. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. <laughs> oh, we can't kill that sweet baby that's killing all of us. Look at it. It's innocent. Oh, God. Right through my chest. Yeah, so we have Gerber Baby up in the sky there. And uh, she's like, I'm going to kill you, Neo. And Neo's like, oh, but wait. I'm going to make you a deal. He does the original Doctor Strange. Yep. Dormammu, yep. I've come to bargain. Mm-hmm, he does. <laughs> and he's like, look. Smith is way too strong. Mm-hmm. He's he's gotten uh, a little too much ruffle up in his feathers. Which leads to my entire theory about what's going on in the Matrix universe. Yep, yep, <laughs> it does. And so he's like, I will defeat him and you will make peace happen for us people. And we will, you know, be able to coincide. And they're like, okay, but what if you lose? You kill me. That's a pretty good trade-off. And I keep mean. in mind, there's nothing holding Gerber Baby to this deal. That's right. You know, as for all Neo knows, mm-hmm. he's going to go on the suicide mission. Yeah. And then he's... In fact, he doesn't even know that the squids have stopped attacking Zion. Right. Right. And they, they haven't yet. They're still down there. They're still down there. They're still down there just... There's no reason the for the machines even to stop. Neo no. would never know. Yeah. So he could... The I machines mean, have honor. They're, they're, they're they an do. honorable group of people. What they could have done, and what I probably would have done if I was in their position, was be like, yeah, 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 yeah sure. do that for me, yeah. bud. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, sounds great. Cool. We're going to have a peaceful existence together. By the way, you're out of there now. You're dead. So, I would have killed them all. Uh, so, the, the machines are clearly nicer than I am. <laughs> if I was a, a mechanical overlord. So, our last fight scene that we have between Neo and Smith 
lasts almost 10 minutes long. And it's completely pointless. And there's parts of it where I'm like, I like that. I like mm -hmm. the rain. I like when there's rain in the fight scene. That's mm -hmm. the same thing though from the first one where, you know, Morpheus was sitting in that chair mm -hmm. and the rain and the, the sprinklers are coming down. I love that kind of stuff. But yeah, you start to see just like, okay, well that's cool. Okay, okay, can we be done now? You know? and, and, it was, and, and again, if you go back to 2003 when I saw it in theaters yeah. when I was a senior in high school, mm -hmm. junior in high school, it was impressive at the time. Yeah. And it still doesn't look that bad. Right. But I think they do deserve credit because mm -hmm. we've gotten so used to, you know, you pointed out MCU movies. Yeah. These these guys, they don't even have sets. They just walk out and there's a rock and then a giant green screen. What yeah. they did with this movie was revolutionary mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Like, I, that's why I try and give benefit of the doubt as much as mm -hmm. possible. But sometimes you just got to point out the things that just look terrible. Yeah. Like, it just, like. Story-wise, oh. the fight is pointless. But mm -hmm. from, an, from a visual effects thing, it, there was nothing to parallel it at the time. Like, I think it all was really just a show-off kind mm -hmm. of, like, we're just going to we're gonna go ahead and pretty much let this be eyeball porn for fighting. You know, it's I also don't something. think they knew how to end the story. Oh, I think that's a huge possibility. I think that's a little bit goes into that. Mm-hmm. So, and now, did you, when you went, when you were a junior or senior, mm -hmm. um, did you see it in IMAX or regular? IMAX. Okay, so did you notice during this last fight mm -hmm. scene, the raindrops had little lines of code in them? No, I don't think I did. I've learned that after the fact, but I don't yeah. think I paid attention to it at the time. I don't know who would have seen that the first time they watched yeah. it. If they went multiple times, then maybe I could see some well, of the In the glorious time of the year of our Lord, 2003, yes. uh, we actually still had midnight releases. I miss it so So, so by, the t by the end of this movie, it was almost 2.30 in the morning mm -hmm. so on a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, so no, I did not notice. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was just at school all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not notice that. No. This is like, <laughs> I understand. And I respect that. I wouldn't have noticed it first time watching it. Like I said, I would have had yeah. to see it a few times before I was like, oh, wait a minute. There yeah. it is. Okay. Which is good. There's lots of those little things sprinkled in. Mm -hmm. But sometimes to me with this franchise, they spent more time sprinkling and less time on the overall story. Right. You know. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that's how I felt too. It, like I said, it had left me wanting mm -hmm. so many times. And yeah, it was just, I was sitting there going, I would have done that different. I would have done that different. <laughs> but that's all hindsight yes. now. So, you know, I, I try not to use too much of that. And who are we? We're not Wachowskis. Right. Exactly. Who are we to say anything? I didn't make the first Matrix, but neither did they. Well, they, so. also made speed, they also made Speed Racer. So, so it's like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, they have this this fight scene happen where, I mean, you get your Superman poses. You get your, uh, you know, your superhero poses. You get probably the coolest thing, mm -hmm. I think, about this scene is I love when there is a physical effect that happens where you know when you have a rug and you bunch it up when you slide on it mm -hmm. that's what happened with smith and the concrete oh yeah i love or his face that. the close-up yes. play-doh face yes right there yes i was just like i love that kind of stuff i always love when you have like a wooden door blowing up and you see shards of wood flying mm -hmm. over here i love that kind of stuff so the fact that they had the ground do that i was like Oh. Well, they have been doing that since the first movie, though. Right. And because that scene so on the skyscraper was, you know, mm -hmm. again, revolutionary at its time. Right. So. Yeah. So I was like, yes, yes, please. Then they have, like, the slow-mo effect where, you know, the, the wave happens with the water when they collide. And I was like, okay. It was cool the first time. That was cool the first time, yeah. yeah. And then the second time I was like, 
We done. <laughs> we done. And I, and I wrote this down uh, watching this movie. Yes. This movie has so many scenes that were created for the trailer. Yes. And almost yes. this entire fight was made for the trailer. And in fact, you saw quite a bit of this fight in the trailer for yeah. the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it was all about getting you to come see it. Please, mm-hmm. please come see this movie. Exactly. So, I mean, like, I understand wanting to draw people in, but, like, give me more than yep. what is just in the trailer. And that's, unfortunately, that's where you can sort of mark a good movie versus a mediocre, is everything that's good is put into your trailer. Yeah. Well, also at the time, you know, you only had the budget for so many unique effects. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was their unique effect, was yes. that big bubble bomb. Yeah. And they did it four times, maybe? Four or five times? At least twice. Oh, At least twice, twice, if not three or four times. Because they did it in the air. They mm-hmm. did it when they would crash into the ground. Yeah, so there was there was quite a few of it. Yeah. The one thing I did appreciate was Neo does like hurdle over Smith like Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Yes. I appreciate that quite a bit. Yeah. I was just like, oh, excellent. I love it. And that. it wasn't bad. You know, the one thing I did, I actually took a note about this as well, watching it, is that while the scene's not terrible or anything, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but I think back to the final scene between him and Smith in the original movie. Yes. And the first movie in, in, in its entirety, there's so much uh, choreography and they, uh, the Matrix brought in that Hong Kong yes, style thing. Mm-hmm. And this movie kind of just devolved into, and again, it, it, it was the, the budget, that, well not budget, but technology they had at the time. They couldn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, now you would have Kung Fu in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but they couldn't do that then. But it was, you know, it was cool for the effects, but the fight was not as good no. as them just fighting in a train station. Yeah, well, they had brought in, and I spoke about him in previous episodes, mm-hmm. an actual, you know, martial arts trainer to come yeah. in and train with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they had him involved in this one. Well, they didn't need him. So, yeah. it would have been cool if they still had him, though. Yeah, it, it would. Oh, I think so it would have been a better fight, but they really yeah. wanted to... I mean, once you get to the point that he flies off mm-hmm. at the end of the first movie. Yeah. And he's already been shot and killed. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Right. He's not dying in a train station. Though. Yeah, yeah. You know. Very, very true. Now, that speaking of the first movie, mm-hmm. so we have this crater that they're now fighting in mm-hmm. after they've done their oh, sky one. bubble yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, the same street corner that Neo and Smith fight in, you know, yeah. for that, that crater is the same one at the end of the first Matrix where he makes the phone call from the payphone. That's right. So, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So, and that's the corner of Pitt, Hunter, and O'Connell Streets in Sydney, Australia. Really? Yes. That is interesting. Yes. Huh. Yeah, the first one was primarily shot in Sydney. Okay. And then I didn't know also, that, yeah. um, we had mentioned this in the first episode. They had a lot of the outdoor shots were in Sydney. They had uh, the helicopter scene that was also in Australia. Where what kind of tax was... breaks were they giving out in Australia back then? Right? It must have been good. Let's just say they had to um, rush some things to make sure they could get the flight <laughs> for the helicopter done. They're just like, we're going to try and do this and see if we can trouble yeah. them. So. But yeah, otherwise, they had like, a, I think it was a brand new studio in um, Australia that they ended up using for, for part of it as well. Gotcha. So, okay. But yeah, so if you ever are in Sydney, Australia, and you want to see where that took place, Pitt, Hunter, and O'Connell. Streets. So this was a movie that looks like it's in America. Yes. Filmed in Sydney. Yes. That actually takes place in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Inception <laughs> or a Russian doll just one on top of the other yeah, yeah so we, we have them fighting there this is where a pretty big moment happens and this is where I feel like probably the most redemption occurs for this movie mm-hmm. is with of course Hugo Weaving just you know he's sitting there and he's like I've already seen this mm-hmm. happen I'm gonna beat you you know and he's right and he is yeah but he isn't because <laughs> because 
you know, they go through, they do this great fight scene, which apparently I was watching some of like the behind the scenes stuff and they had them on a green screen with like mm-hmm. muddied water. They had water running out one end and they're pushing it back up through the other. So that way it's a constant flow of water. Right. And I, once again, I love when they have like water in the scene when you're seeing them fight and it just adds a little extra element. To it, it looks miserable and you yes, feel that. It does. <laughs> and I'm like, I love this. Yeah. It's great. So, um, yeah, they, he, he does his whole, like, I'm getting ready to defeat you. Savoring his moment. Yeah, it's a delicious, delicious moment. He assimilates him after he gives him a nice little speech. Yep. He's like, oh, finally it happened. I took him over. Wait, now I'm glowing out of my mouth? Yes. Out of my eyes? Oh, forgot to mention, there's also hundreds or if not thousands of smiths lining Mm -hmm. the sidewalk during the fight scenes. They all are being taken out. Neo uses the powers that be to blow them all up. And it's a really cool effect that they have on the screen where you see this ripple effect and you see more religion in this moment again. You see signs of crosses mm-hmm. as it starts to Well, Neo gets a cross out. on his chest. Yeah, and then yeah, when so. he's in Machine City, you know, they have him sort of rigged up with all of these different hookups and stuff. And yeah, he like flies up in the air and he looks like he has a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up Jesus moment. So this movie did not shy away from the religion. They still definitely included it. James and I talk a lot about it in the first movie. It was much more subtle in the first movie. Yes. But there's still like, you can still just Oh, tons of it. Right down to the name of the ship and everything. It's Mm -hmm. it's very, but it's much more subtle than what they eventually get to, which again gets to the quality of the story. Yes. So So, yeah, they, of course, you know that Neo is going to save everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. But what about Neo? What happens to him? We don't know. <laughs> we I know exactly don't what know. All right, Chris. What? <laughs> what? <clears throat> Hold on. Actually, let's pause that for a second. Okay. So, Smith blows up. Yes. All the Smiths are gone, as far as we know. Then the machines are called off. Mm-hmm. And Neo is left. For no reason, by the way. They can right. totally stay. They could still they keep can on still going and kill everybody, but they're like, oh, we're going to honor our word. <laughs> right. So they fly off. Right. Uh, so Neo is now laying on the ground. Zion is now saved. The kid runs through and he's like, huzzah, we won. Right. Yay. And that's the last time we see him for now. And now, Chris, <laughs> what has happened to Neo? Has he been shoved into a drawer and saved for later? Is he being a power yes. source again? Like Save for later. Save for later. There's always going to be a one. Mm-hmm. Because the machines, like every machine, has viruses. Like Smith. Yes. yes. And that's why there's been multiple ones. Mm-hmm. Is because they are na- they are created as an antivirus. Yes. And like any terrible antivirus from back in the day, it also screws up your computer. Mm-hmm. So all these... Because if you guys think, when he escapes from the, po- the pod in the first movie... Yeah. The robot sees him. Yes. And just flushes him. Yeah. They're left there to be picked up. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that you have your Matrix... As Smith said, the first thing uh, Matrix they created was a utopia. Yeah. But people rebelled. Mm-hmm. So they created the new Matrix. Yes. Well, you're still going to have people rebel within that Matrix. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with them? They're so miserable. They want to go live on little ships flying around underground mm-hmm. in, the, in a cloud world. <laughs> so that's just another Matrix. And then the one will always come from that. Mm-hmm. Because the main Matrix gets a virus. That's my theory. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. I think, I think he's a symptom of Smith, not the other way around. Boom. That's my theory. Brains just blew up. I'm just, that's what I'm going with. Brains just blew up. Mouths are hanging I, I doubt it. I'm sure, so, you know, there's plenty of people that would have come to that, but I, there's my, because they're computers. Yeah. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Eventually, people would have got. And we've put. seen what those computers get up to when they start making their own stuff. They have to be riddled with viruses. Yes. So, yeah, because it's like people always, I feel like, for the most part, want to believe like, okay, it really is like the mm-hmm. real world. And it's, no, it's all, I, I really, you know, the whole, because we see the trailer. Let's talk about the trailer a little bit. Okay. So, where are we going from here? As far as we know, Trinity's dead. As far as we know, Zion still lives. There's still a lot of people up in there. They right. open the door and they're like, ha we can have another orgy, guys. Yeah. We have, you know, Keanu's been shoved back into a drawer for later. Mm-hmm. And now where are we going to go? Well, well, the trailer shows Trinity's us. Trinity's back? Trinity's back, yeah. And it's like, but if this was the real world. Was Trinity ever real? Or is she meant to get the one to take care of the virus. Mm-hmm. Is her whole sole purpose just to help propel him to where he needs it's to be? It's literally, it, that's her prophecy. Yeah. And that is her prophecy. It's so. the entire basis for her character is mm-hmm. to just exist to love the one. Yep. So, it's, yeah, because it's like, so in this we have a few new characters obviously coming. We have the psychologist mm-hmm. who's played by Neil Patrick Harris. We've got a couple other people. And you can see throughout the trailer that red and blue are used heavily mm-hmm. for the, the red and the blue pill. We have, you know, now Keanu looks like John Wick. Do I want to fight between John Wick and Neo? Heck yeah, I do. Oh my God, would it, ever, it would never end. <laughs> no, it would be so great. Yeah, somehow, and I was talking to, to someone about this. Wait, does Neo kill John Wick's dog? This is where I was going to go. Okay. <laughs> so, this is what happens. The bad guys who killed John Wick's dog, mm-hmm. they are actually from the Matrix. And they had come out into this, if let's say all of it's the Matrix, they came into another plane of the Matrix. Okay. They killed John Wick's dog. Right. Well, he thought he killed them, but because they're machines, they just came back again. Right. They've now gone into Neo's version of the Matrix. Somehow John Wick finds a wormhole. And goes to follow him. And he goes to follow him. Gotcha. And then he faces off against himself. <laughs> so... Whoa. Yeah. I'm like, this could... I mean, look, if we've got Fast and Furious and Aliens now somehow connected, sure as Just bring it all together. Let's go through all the Warner Brothers properties. Yeah. You know, Batman can come in there. You know. I mean, look, we got werewolves. We got vampires. That means Twilight could be in this universe, okay? Let's stop. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's not go too far. I'm not saying I want that. I'm just saying it's possible. But but in all all, uh, seriousness with the new movie, though, I'm curious because you're right. You have Trinity back. But not only do you have Trinity back, you Mm -hmm. have uh, Neil with his eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he's also visibly older. Yes. So. And he has long hair. And yeah, and when he comes out of this pod thing, mm-hmm. he has hair on him still. Yes. So not a lot. Right. But there's hair. Right. And then we have no Morpheus in this. Right, because he died in the video game. Right. Supposedly. Supposedly in the video yes. game, he. What ends up happening? Long story short, is that when the deal is brokered, Neo defeats Smith. The machines will not give his body back. Morpheus becomes obsessed. Goes to find his body. Right. Ends up being assassinated by, I think, a character named the Assassin. But I also saw that it turned out he wasn't assassinated or not. Well, then they're like, maybe it didn't happen. And so now they left it open-ended. So then you can do whatever you want in the movie. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So Lawrence Fishburne claims he was never approached for this movie. Could that be a red herring? Could it be a lie? Absolutely. I I will say this. Warner Brothers is a lot better than Disney at not letting spoilers leak out. Mm Mm-hmm. They are very, I mean, you got to think, the Batman movie is going to be a huge movie coming out. There's yeah. very little that's come out 
other than just ra- like random reports. Mm-hmm. Disney has whole trailers and scenes leak out. Yes. So I don't think you can take anything of what Lawrence Fishburne said or anything mm-hmm. at face value. That's why I'm like, I... Part of me says, okay, I believe him. The other part is like, he is lying to us all. I don't know where we're going to go in this. I don't know where this next movie is going to go. Well, it's also noticeable because the agents are back. Yes. The yes. agents are... There's no more agents other than Hugo Weaving once he takes out the ones in the mm-hmm. second movie. He's the only agent left. I so. really feel like they're going to be bringing a lot of The Matrix Online into this because mm-hmm. in The Matrix Online, they also will say, um, you know, okay, so our agents, we no longer have them. They end up creating a more peaceful version of the agents after there's been peace for a little while, but they get ticked off when they find out that Zion has been preparing for another war. They see it as a sign as, oh, they're going to attack us. What Zion was really doing was prepping for possibly the worst case scenario. Just having that in their back pocket. You're using humans as batteries. Right. So how can, how can you blame them for not That's why I don't them? understand the peace deal from the beginning. Right. So it's like... Mm. Yeah. So when they find that out, then that starts another war. So agents eventually become, you know, another thing again. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking they have to be taking a lot from the Matrix online, somehow incorporating that into this next one, mm-hmm. which would make sense. I think that honestly... Do you think you'll get the various factions that were in the game? I, I would like to see that. So they do have a few different factions. We have the Martyred or E... Plur- I never can pronounce this right. E Pluribus Uno? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Neo. <laughs> it's not the last word. Yeah. And that one's led by Kid, who's Michael Carl Popper. He begins this group that's dedicated to freeing human minds, holding up more of the Neo Morpheus train of thought, you know, right. and belief system. Religious then, cult, really. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Then Ignorance is Bliss, mm-hmm. which is the, the Cypherits. They're pretty much just a group that is led into keeping humans plugged in. They just want to go to St. Elmo's. Yes. They want to go to Malone's. They have just, a good steak. Yeah, that's it. Maybe they'll slow it down back. Yeah, that's all they want. Steak all the time. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah, they, they have this, this group that's led, though, by a character named Cryptos, which ends up being a machine. He is disguised as a human. So, really, they're being led by machines there. Which would make sense. That's what they want. Right. Then they have, of course, the machines. And then... One... The humans that reached a peace deal with the machines mm-hmm. in the original war. Well, I can't remember their name, but they're my favorite group. Yeah. The, yeah, they're, they're the oligarchies. Yeah. Oligarchs. And their bodies are basically gone. They just live in the Matrix. Yes. And they're the code that the architect can't figure out. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones that create the one. Yes. Which I hope that don't go that way because it ruins my theory. <laughs> yeah, so humans prior to the war had cut the deal with the machines when our world just started to become just really bad. And then they gained special privileges inside the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, physical bodies, you said that withers Which away. is another thing that shows the machines keep their word. Because for hundreds of years, these mm-hmm. people have been in the Matrix causing all kinds of trouble. Yep. And the machines are keeping their word. Yes. Machines Which I mind. guess that is a line at the end of this movie. <laughs> Oracle asked the architect, so you kept your word. I'm not a human. Yeah, that good point. And and the ending of this movie is carried over into the trailer because you start off in the beginning of the trailer with this beautiful lit sky, mm-hmm. which apparently was Satie. She was the one that supposedly made that in honor of Neo. Okay. Per the last few lines of the movie, because it was the Oracle, and they look like they're in the San Francisco Park or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're chilling there, and Satie comes up, she goes, oh, did you see the sky? Did I never Neo? understood the purpose of her character. No. I never understood that. Yeah, she was a cute little girl, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, she literally, her purpose, I feel like, was to deliver the dialogue at the beginning that's be given cute. to him to be adorable. Make and Agent then, Smith look like the biggest asshole in the yeah. world. Yeah. So throw some shade on Smith, you yeah. know, be done. Boom. I, I, I take it back. You know, I thought she had very little character development, but really. <laughs> it's, it's a story about the, the love triangle. Yeah. And then Satie. Mm-hmm. That's really the characters from the movie. Yeah. So... Yeah, I never thought about the love triangle until I had this conversation with you. I neither had. I didn't either. <laughs> so but, look you know, what we I just suddenly, just suddenly realized it after all these years. When you have interesting people in a writer's room, this is yes. what happens. Yes. What happened in the writer's room for this movie? <laughs> I don't want to know. Combine that with the S&M scene. We're going to stop thinking about that. <laughs> so, budget for this movie. We're sitting at a... There was a little bit of a gap there. I'm thinking it's closer to the higher end of this. They're saying 110 to 150 million. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking 150 million. Which, of course, you double that number. Yes. For the actual cost for the marketing. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So it grossed 427 million. Mm-hmm. Well, how's that in comparison to the first and second one? The first one, so there was nothing before it. Like you said, people were laughing at the trailer mm-hmm. in the movies. It made more than this one. I don't know that it... Did it even open number one? I don't know if it opened number one, but it made $465.3 million. This one only made four twenty seven, So it made quite a bit more and not even having any kind of foundation built to it just yet. Second was the biggest grossing, though. Second one grossed... Seven hundred and thirty-nine point four million. Well, I mean, the hype leading up to the second one was absurd. Yes. I mean, that was uh, one of the most, that one, maybe one of the most excited I've ever been to go see a movie. I was not excited for this. I mean, yeah. I was excited enough to go to a midnight screening, but, right. <laughs> but the, the build and the hype to that to that second movie was off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the problem that we sort of discussed was that they released the second and the third one within the same year. A big thing that, um, it was either Mr. Sunday, which I feel like it was Mr. Sunday that brought this up. Another source that I also had watched was Jam Punch on YouTube. There were stating about how they should have waited like at least a year, Mm -hmm. released at least a video game, let some DVD sales come in, sort of gauge where they were at, and then release this one. Because that would have built the hype up. It wouldn't have been... Just like back to back, you know. Well, and again, there's so many scenes in this movie that are the same scene. Yes. I mean, it it, it was very repetitive. And the last movie kind of... There's a lot of great trilogies where the the second movie ends on a cliffhanger. And this one does too. Mm -hmm. But it's not to the level. There's really nothing... The reveal isn't the ending. You get the long scene of the architect. Mm -hmm. And then Neo uses his superpowers outside the Matrix. Which he's not actually outside the Matrix. Right. Right. So it just doesn't, it didn't have the impact to get people excited. Mm-hmm. This movie, they could have released this movie six months after that movie. Yeah. If that second movie had hit. Mm-hmm. I think this is a better movie than the second movie. See, like the only reason why I like the second one more is because of that car scene. That they just have that car chase on the highway. That's a good scene. And yeah. like literally mm-hmm. that is the only reason why. It just, that thing was insane. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. All yeah. of them have great scenes. Mm-hmm. This is a spectacle franchise. Yes. So, but yeah. I, I just don't think they didn't end that movie in a way that said there. There are certain when Infinity War came out, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. could have released Endgame the next day. Yes, and made another billion dollars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because of the end, which I recently watched both of those, definitely cried again. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't help myself. But I mean, 
And speaking of Marvel, this movie also, they sort of come to agree on something. Humans are not worth saving, apparently, because we are just trash. Entirely so. agree. Entirely agree. So, uh, when are we going to listen to Hollywood? I, well, maybe we just need to elect a celebrity to become president, you know? Well, that's never going to happen. Right? Who would have thought? Let's just vote for him for the heck of it. See that's, never, that's never going to happen. Oh, well, so... We sort of gave our point of views. You're you're somewhat okay with this movie. You like it better than the second mm. one. I'm sort of like, eh. I like the first time I watched it. It took me a week. It took me about thirty to forty five minute increments. I mean, I'll give credit. I've I've been mentally fatigued because I've had a lot going on. But still, this took me a while to get through. And every time I'm sitting down, I'm like, here we go again. So wasn't very excited to watch when it. I don't, but when I say I liked it better than the second one, I don't mean... You were excited There's the watch. first one. Right. Which is one of the all-time greatest movies. Yes. And then these two hunks of junk. But, <laughs> it's just like, oh, you know. here we are. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you would have watched it again if I wouldn't have been like, hey, you want to... <laughs> No, because no. I could have watched this movie at any point since it came out on DVD years ago and <laughs> since it. streaming was created, and yep. I never did. Yep, yep, me neither. Well, how does everyone else feel about it? Okay, starting with the lowest rated one, 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that's a bit more right. 47% on Metacritic. IMDb gave it the highest one, mm -hmm. and this is where I'm like, IMDb, what are you doing? What they put it at? 6.8 out of 10. I would have given Well, it's it, different ranking systems. Yeah. You know, so that, that could be it. But none of those are good. No. Out of 10, what would you have given it? Or even out of 5? I'm going to go out of 10, because that's what... That seems... Well, out of 5, 2. <laughs> four, 4 out of 10. Yeah. What about you? I would have actually been more forgiven. I'd be like, 4.75. Yeah, I wouldn't five have gone ish. No. I'm like, and that's me being really generous. I probably, if I was to be harsh, I'd be like, 3.95. Well, here's what's so funny. Your ranking out of 10 is higher than mine. I know. And I thought the movie was better. Right. You were much too generous. I was. The second one was, like, I'd say two, two and a half, because the other one would be a two, because I don't think it's that much better. Yeah. But yeah. there's certain story beats that hit better for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. So. so, I'm a very forgiving person. I will not watch this again, but, <laughs> but I'm forgiving. So, yeah, and like, you know, this movie, it was made back to back, like we mentioned, so, I mean... A lot of movies are doing that now more, but this was pretty unheard of at this time when it came out. So I will, I will give them a nod to that. They were very confident. Yes, they were. Maybe too confident. A little too much, yes. But the Wachowskis, they were so hot right then. That's right. Because I want to say V for Vendetta came out between the first one and the second one. Okay. I think that might be right. But they, like, they were the biggest name in Hollywood. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I can see, like, look, if you don't have confidence, most of the time things aren't going to get done. Well, to me, and I, I meant to mention this earlier, to me the Wachowskis are like this. They're like Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. If you give them a property to make, like, for instance, the first Matrix movie is almost, I don't want to say rip-off, but heavily influenced by the comic book mentioned earlier. Yes. Their other best movie they've made is V for Vendetta, mm -hmm. which, again, came from a source material. Anything they've done where they've been the sole creator, they're not very good. No. It's a lot of style over substance, and the same can be said for Zack Snyder. Zack mm -hmm. Snyder's best movies are adaptations yeah. where he injects his style. But mm -hmm. if the story's left up to him, right, goes downhill real quick. And yeah. we saw that with the two Matrix movies because they were in charge of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, certain directors need someone to, to kind of help them with the storyline. And that's totally okay because yeah. if your niche, if your thing you're really good at yeah. is adapting it and making it your own, adding your style onto it, 
Totally cool. Totally cool with it. I respect that you recognize it. You're just not a writer. You're not the conceptual yeah. person for actually creating. Well, and another similarity. Totally cool. Yeah, and another thing with them and Zack Snyder is I think they have good ideas. When you watch mm-hmm. their movies, you can see that's a good idea. That's a good idea. But they couldn't pick just a couple. Yeah. And they couldn't expand on them. It's just like throw all the good ideas yeah. in the wall. It's like it all looks great. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, well, I can't get rid of any of it. It's, it's all fantastic. Sometimes less is more, that's guys right. and gals. Sometimes less is more. Well, we. Uh, we have our opinions sort of thrown out there, and now it's time for, you know, one of our, our favorite moments. And look, there's no award that's as good as this one. It's the Oscar Mayer Wiener Award. So once again, Oscar Mayer, this is still unsponsored. Mm-hmm. I expect you to eventually sponsor it. You should do that. If you don't... At least let her ride in the, the Oscar Mayer mobile. So I, one ride. I've talked about this previously. Yeah. <laughs> I just at least give me a ride in the, the Wienermobile. Please and thank you. I don't feel like that's that much to ask for. So who are you giving your award to, Chris? Bane. Of course. Obviously. Of course. So, I mean, that that is the best Hugo Weaving impersonation until the guy that impersonated him as Red Skull in uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. You couldn't tell them apart. At certain points, it looks like it's Hugo Weaving with makeup on. Yes. Yeah. So. And that's my award, too. Like, just... The deliverance of that monologue, like I mentioned, if I'm even just whittling it down, that one scene, mm-hmm. that's it. Otherwise, I've, I've already given an award to Hugo Weaving. I do like his scene with the nurse mm-hmm. when he starts to let on who yes. he is to her. Because yeah, we already know, but he's like, what if I did do that? Right. That would be bad for me, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> and it's like, mm. All right, and lastly, into our sweet endings. Do you have a favorite quote, Chris, from this movie? Yes. When, when Agent Smith finally plunges his hand into Neo at the end, mm-hmm. and he looks terrified, and he just says, is it over? Because <laughs> I felt the same way. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that. Oh, so yeah, my, my favorite is definitely the monologue. I'm not going to read that again. I'm actually going to go with one we talked about, mm-hmm. which is, um, besides for him being a cavernous asshole of an individual is Locke when he says, I'm afraid hope is an indulgence I don't have time for. When when he says that we need to talk to Mobius because, he, mm-hmm. or Morbius because, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good line. So I like that line a lot. Um, I mean, there was there was somewhere I was writing and I was like, oh, that's a terrible line. Or, oh, that's a, and that was an know. honest line from him too and because I would not go to him for hope either. No, no, he's he, going to crush it. He is an empty <laughs> chasm of... Anger and hatred. He is. And he's so mad that his woman was taken from him. He's the only... Actually, now I like him more. He's not an asshole. <laughs> That's the way I would behave if I was locked underground for yeah. decades. That's true. On that note, a uh, great way for us to leave off. <laughs> we, ha- we endorse this movie 100%. Mm-hmm. Rush out and see it. Uh, be prepared for the fourth movie. And when we say rush out and see it, go and see it on HBO. If you already have the subscription. Don't pay yes. for it to see this. No. Still your friends. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thanks, Chris, for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you uh, for joining us, listeners. We really appreciate it. Also, thank you to Kenny and Ned for our music, Chris Woods for our art. And if you would like to see what else we have going on, check us out on social media. Or if you'd like to get in touch, this is how you can do so. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at FRM Podcast. Email us at frmfan at gmail.com. And for that information and so much more, you can visit our website, frmpodcast.com.